Another thing that works really well with attorneys that I see is being contrarian. If you have a contrarian viewpoint on a major issue, like, you know, there's always major issues in the news. And so many people are just joining the discussion by saying what everyone else is saying. But if you have a different perspective on it, you stand the chance that you'll get picked up every time they mention this issue. You're listening to Be That Lawyer, life-changing strategies and resources for growing a successful law practice. Each episode, your host, author, and lawyer coach, Steve Fretzen, will take a deeper dive, helping you grow your law practice in less time with greater results. Now, here's your host, Steve Fretzen. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Be That Lawyer. I hope you're having a wonderful day today. It's, look, an opportunity to be that lawyer, someone who's confident, organized, and a skilled rainmaker. You know, there's a lot of guests that I'm having on the show that are talking about, you know, all different kinds of marketing, business development, time management, uh, health and nutrition, wellness, you know, making sure your brain's in the right place. And one that we've kind of not really touched on maybe enough, even with some of the PR folks I've had on, is press releases. And I'm going to introduce Mickey in a moment. Uh, How you doing, Mickey? I'm doing great. Good, good. Good to see you. I um, want to thank our sponsors, Legalese Marketing and, of course, Money Penny, both helping me, you know, convert, you know, get business in the door and convert it through my virtual reception uh, on my website through Money Penny. And, of course, you know, you guys know Legalese, they're doing all my marketing and they mainly work with law firms. So uh, that's that's why they're called Legalese. Check them out. And Mickey, you were so kind to send me a quote. And this one really hit home for me because I do talk a lot about you know, look, you only got one shot at this thing called life and you might want to take advantage of it and make some, some good, better decisions and how you spend your time and how you, you know, really take advantage of it. The quote is, you only live once, but if you do it right, once is enough. And that's a Mae West quote. So uh, why'd you submit that quote? I love it. I think that you should just live your life as full as possible without regrets and just try to work balance into your life and accomplish the things that you can. Yeah. And everybody's got excuses. You know, it's, it's a chicken or the egg, you know, I don't have the money to do this, so I can't do that. Or I, I'm, I'm so busy with work. I can't do the things I want to do, you know, like build a business or build a practice. And it's, you know, it's, you gotta, you gotta, you know, take a step back and really consider how to get around those excuses or to get around those challenges because you only got one shot. So I really love that quote. Uh, Mickey Kennedy is the founder of e-releases. Uh, welcome to the show. And I'd love to have you share a little bit of your background getting into PR and, 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 the, and, and being sort of an expert at press releases. Sure. So I sort of stumbled into it. I was a graduate student doing a master's of fine arts and creative writing with an emphasis in poetry. And I finished that degree and just assumed I'd wait tables and write poetry and read in the evenings. <laughs> And I did a summer of waiting tables and I realized how physically taxing it is to stand on concrete floors for 10, 12 hours at a time. And at the end of the day, I was just shot emotionally, psychologically. I just said, this isn't going to work. And so I looked for an office job and I got hired at a telecom research startup as employee number three. And they were like, oh, good, you're the writer. So you're going to write press releases for us. So I would write press releases and send them out to the media. We did broadcast faxing at the time manually, but we would program the numbers and hit send. And And can you pause for a second, Mickey? I hate to interrupt you, but for those of you listening, a fax machine is what we did before we had email. 
<laughs> just want to make just want to make that comment for the younger listeners. There used to be things called fax machines. All right. Anyway, sorry. Right. So as the press contact, I started getting phone calls from journalists saying, hey, there's a lot of numbers and data here. Could you just email me a Word document or whatever you have this in rather than them working off the paper? And that's when the light bulb went off that email just seems a natural evolution of sending press releases. So I spent a year reaching out to journalists and just saying, hey, I'm starting this business and I uh, would love to send you press releases on your beat. And, you know, 25, 24 years ago, most of them said yes. Uh, I think that now they're probably inundated with email and it's a different, it would be harder to start that business today. And over time, uh, I, me sending out press releases for my clients was just an email thing. And then the Newswire, PR Newswire reached out to us and said, hey, you should also send your press releases through us. And I pointed out that they charge $1,000 to move a, a 500 word press release nationally. And we went back and forth. They really liked my audience of uh, customers, which are small businesses, entrepreneurs, uh, little small firms and practices, as well as authors and speakers. So they realized that their sales force is never going to target that audience because the money's not there. So we just tried to craft it to be a win-win for both of us. We set up our releases for next business day because they have editorial staff overnight that doesn't do much, but they're there in case there's breaking news or a recall or an emergency. And so they're able to set up our releases overnight at no additional labor for them. So I feel like we did a really good balance of trying to make it work for both of us. Gotcha. And, and I know that there are very inexpensive options for press releases where it's maybe $100 for two or $200 for two or something like that. What's the difference between those like online offers to get, you know, PR, I don't know if it's PR Newswire or some other services that are super cheap versus what you're talking about at $1,000, what they were charging is $1,000 for press release right. or something like that. Right. So there is no service out there that will send your release out nationally for anything close to what we charge, which is like $300 to $500 range. Okay. Uh, those types of services are just syndicating uh, content out there. It's not really going to journalists. Okay. It's not going over a proper newswire. Got it. Um, if you're in the US, you're looking for uh, Globe Newswire, PR Newswire, and Business Wire. Those are the three wires that sort of exist in the US market. Wires, the press releases. There's other wires like AP and UPI, but they're, they're a different business model where they work with uh, articles they've written. And so they have the content that they can license. Yeah. So it sounds like it's a, it's a, you know, you get what you pay for. If it's too good to be true, it probably is situation. So, right. So, so we, we, we try that or if we even know about, if people even know about it, but I mean, my audience, Mickey's made up, you know, primarily of lawyers and they may have interest in this because they have things that are newsworthy or in their mind are newsworthy. And I want to get into that in a few minutes, but it may be something that they really should consider as another way to get their content out on the, you know, get out, it out to the world. And, and, and um, you know, they love publicity. I mean, most of them have decent egos and they're looking to share successes and, and there's a way to do it without it coming across as self-serving, right? If it's done in a press release or it's done in, in, a, in a professional manner. Before we get into that, like, what's the history of press releases then? And like, how has it changed in the last 30 years? Because I think on one hand, you're saying, you know, maybe 25 years ago, it was easier to talk to reporters, but then also aren't like today, all the reporters, like all their emails and like ways of reaching them are more openly available than maybe in the past. I mean, help me sort of unpack that. Yeah. So journalists have always sort of been open, you know, 
if you call and ask for their email address, you'll generally get it. You know, you don't, you're not a good journalist by being unreachable. And okay. So it is true that they're open with email. A lot of them are on Twitter. So that's also a good place to interact with them and send them pitches and things like that. But they also rely on the wires themselves because they're on deadline and the wire makes it so easily accessible with the once they've logged in to customize the newsfeed that they look at. So it might cover one particular industry. You can have excluders or inclusions so that it's it's really just picking up the types of press releases you'd be most interested in. And for that reason, it's a very valuable resource for busy journalists on deadline. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. So then back to my point of like, it may be a really good option for lawyers that are looking to put out that they made super lawyer or that they won a big case or like what, what should lawyers be looking for in something that would be worthy of a press release? Something with a good story. And if it's winning a good case and you have a good story to tell along with it, that will go a long ways as far as getting coverage. Um, I mean, the story is as old as humanity and we love to sit around the fire and share stories. So if you have something that is just a really David versus Goliath or, you know, just something that's really interesting, I think that that can play very well. Um, Another thing that works really well with attorneys that I see is being contrarian. If you have a contrarian viewpoint on a major issue, like, you know, there's always major issues in the news. And so many people are just joining the discussion by saying what everyone else is saying. But if you have a different perspective on it, you stand the chance that you'll get picked up every time they mention this issue. Because journalists like to be objective and they like to cover both sides. But most of the time when we're seeing stuff in print and online, it's one side. And it's often because nobody was sitting there raising their hand saying, I've got the other side. So you can really get injected into a lot of articles that discuss it by just being a contrarian. That being said, you have to be uh, rational and you got to make sure that your position isn't going to alienate you from your client base. So is part of the idea then of a press release so that a reporter would read the press release, see the contrarian point of view, and then say, hey, that would work well in an article I'm writing as the opposing view of it, and then insert that into an article that would then be published in the Chicago Tribune or, or National Journal or a law journal, things like that. Absolutely. What you're okay. looking for, it's a concept called newsjacking where everybody sort of piles on to trending news. And it used to work, but now there's so many people trying to join the same conversation that it's too competitive. So if you're the person that has the contrarian viewpoint, you're the one person that they will likely plug in when they cover the story or they elaborate on that story. Got it. So let me, let me ask you something. This is like a personal experience. So I was speaking at the Chicago Bar Association to the Women's Alliance. I was invited to be a speaker there for a group of women lawyers. And the woman that invited me is a client of mine. And so this was like a no-brainer, happy to share my tips and tricks and ideas on how to grow a legal practice for women, for men. For the, It doesn't matter. Like the stuff I'm teaching is, is somewhat universal. And there was an article written about how I was mansplaining. And it was like an image of, a, of a, a man with a bag over his head or something. And it was like very negative to me and negative to the Chicago bar for having me. And I try to reach out to the reporter. They'll say like, you know, hey, this is not what's going on. I felt like it was just clickbait and there was no way for me to interject and do that. Is that is that 
the contrarian thing, I should have like done a press release related to that. Or I don't know if that's if that's newsworthy or not, or if that's something I should have you know done right. more than just. And you know, again, the, the Chicago Bar stepped up and like wrote something and you know, kind of you know addressing it. But yeah, I think in that case, the, having the bar handle it is probably the best approach. I think anything that you said is just going to come across as you trying to mansplain your way. Now I'm mansplaining out of my, out of my potential mansplaining. Okay. Right. So, (laughs) so I like that the bar stepped up and, and, and made a statement. I think that that worked really well when it comes to like negative news or something like that, that's out there, you know, there's lots of different approaches. Sometimes it makes sense to just issue a statement and go from there. But sometimes the best thing is just to put your head down and ignore it rather than bring more attention to it. Yeah. Well, it, it all ended up working out. I had a great turnout and, and nobody was, you know, nobody showed up to like pick it or throw tomatoes at me. So I was pretty happy about it. All right. So let's get into the weeds a bit on people that are interested in this topic and say, you know what, this is super interesting. I want to, I want to get involved and engaged in writing press releases for my firm, for myself. I think I've got some interesting stories, uh, cases, things that would, that would, that would be newsworthy. So what are the different types of press releases that, you know, you would suggest people writing so that they can get them actually, you know, get found and get noticed? Right. So basically I would look for anything that is unique or newsworthy. The subject matter is much more important than the actual, you know, press release. If you go to ereleases.com and look at press release samples in the footer, you'll see that they all follow a pretty standard format. And what you're really looking for is, you know, what, what you've chosen to announce or what's your story. And so I would focus more on strategy, what it is that you're announcing. You know, what works really well for clients is often a survey or a study. So you could take your local market of other attorneys and reach out to a a regional or local trade association that represents attorneys and ask if they'll send your survey out to their members. You mentioned that you're going to include them in the press release you'll be issuing over wire. Many of the small and independent trade associations don't get a lot of media attention. So most of them will be receptive to something like that. The larger associations, it's much more difficult and yeah, not very pragmatic working with them. But you know, in that way, you are you know, sourcing the news by you know, getting the data, analyzing what you thought was most surprising in the survey, and putting a really compelling quote in the press release. And uh, the articles generally get written just based off of that. They may contact you for more information. And sometimes by you providing a link to all of the questions and answers and the data on your website, you get links to that page. But also journalists will go there and say, I think it's interesting what you pointed out in the press release, but some of the questions you didn't mention in the press release, I find interesting from this perspective. And they might write a story just using your data and again, they'll attribute it to you. It gets you a really great mention. And it's not as difficult as people think. I mean, it does take a little bit of legwork, but it's not complicated. And it's not, you know, I've never had someone have difficulty, you know, working with a trade association or something like that to, to get a survey out. There are other, you know, types of releases that work really well. You know, if you have something that's just interesting, a resource, top 10 roundup of something, you know, it could be if you are targeting safety or something that's happened in, you know, like uh, workplace safety issues or something like that, you could have a top five or a top 10. Predictions also work really well. You know, predictions you see in your industry, you know, whether you send those out in December for the next year, 
Those are the types of things that can also lead to articles. You're here to learn everything you can about running your firm more effectively, right? Well, my name's Sammy, and I've helped thousands of firms like yours reduce their workload while expanding their business through the all-in-one case management platform, Practice Panther. With our product, you can save up to seven hours per week on administrative tasks. It has automated workflows that free up your schedule while keeping your cases on track. Plus, it has tons of native time-saving features like e-signature and two-way texting that eliminate manual tasks and keep your clients happy, engaged, and informed. With Practice Panther, you don't have to do it all by yourself. Get a free demo at practicepanther.com slash be that lawyer to receive 10% off your first year. Legally's marketing is not your traditional marketing vendor. Instead, we're a true fractional CMO that helps you save time and spend your money the right way to build the practice of your dreams. We help through the entire process, from customizing your intake system to driving leads and even getting more reviews afterwards. Schedule your free call at LegalEaseMarketing.com. Hey, Steph, tell everyone what Moneypenny does for law firms. We're the call handling and live chat experts. A Moneypenny receptionist can ensure that your calls are directed to the right person seamlessly, saving you time and money. Steve, did you know that 69% of people don't like to leave a voicemail? I did not know that. That's a lot of business going away right there. Let's cut to the chase. What are you prepared to do for my listeners? We're offering an exclusive two-week free trial. If you're interested in hearing more, you can call me directly on 470-534-8846 and mention that you've heard this ad on Steve's podcast. Very cool. Thanks. You know, back to the the original one you shared about the survey or the study, if so if I have a relationship with a, let's say a bar association and I call them up and say, Hey, I'm, I'm going to be doing this. I'm looking to do this survey, this study. Would you guys want to partner with me on that? And we can get it out to your members and we can get that data and then we can work collaboratively to get that in the news. That's the best approach. And then second to that, would it be as easy as a LinkedIn survey, like a poll on LinkedIn, or is that not as usable? I personally like survey monkey. Uh, survey because, monkey, yeah. because you can do multiple pages very easily. And what I find is if someone abandons the survey halfway through, you've got half their answers okay. uh, because they they completed the pages. And I think that they also do a really good job of tabulating the results for you and by percentages and things like that. So maybe there's more aha moments right there on the, right. on, the on the page. But okay. you know, you can use Google Forms. You can use almost anything. I think Survey Monkey just makes it very useful, and it's designed you know, predominantly four different types of surveys. Got it. Got it. So it's, it's, it could be, you know, let's say for example, I'm asking about the uh, working, like a big deal in the legal space right now is people working from home versus being in the office. And there's so many reasons to work from home. And there's so many also reasons to be in the office. And I'm not going to get into those, but I think managing partners and lawyers generally are interested in kind of seeing the numbers, seeing the data on that. So I've done some surveys on you know, on, on LinkedIn and I've gotten, you know, some pretty good information that I could turn into a graphic. I just don't know that it's press release worthy because it may be under a hundred responses and it wasn't done through survey monkey or anything like that. Is sure. that acceptable again or not acceptable? It's, it's, I'm on the border of, of possibly using, being able to use that. Yeah. I think you're on the border. If the responses were really compelling and you had a great quote, the, you know, targeting what the analysis showed, I could see it getting picked up. But I think yeah. that if you had two or 300 people, your, your odds are going to be stronger. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. 
So we've got the survey, the study, we've got like someone that has like, a, is it a top 10 list, like top 10 reasons to, or top 10 things yeah, going on? Um, or yeah, I mean, like you could have a top five reasons why letting your employees work from home is a good idea. And then you could also counter it with the top, uh, the worst five, uh, you know, the, the bottom five reasons that you shouldn't let your employees or something like that. Okay. From home. But if so you write, you can, but so you're writing that article and then how does the press release relate to the article that you just wrote? Are they one and the same? Are they different? So you're going to uh, write it as a press release. Okay. It's going to be more of a feature type uh, press release. So it's almost article like, but you still want to give them some room that they can build it out and make it, you know, talk about some of the issues. But, you know, those are the types of things that some media are really responsive to. Uh, newspapers, especially small dailies, really like top 10 lists and things that they can just copy and paste and put as filler and content. Okay. And then you mentioned the like uh, predictions. So like, for example, I want to predict a, you know, recession that's pending based on all these different factors going on and, and how it's going to impact the legal industry. I write that article with my backup and support of why I think something that might be something that could be picked up and worked over. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Got it. Got it. So any other thoughts about either, you know, other ways to write press releases, other things to consider that would be newsworthy? Um, I think that sometimes if you are aware of holes in your industry or blind spots that the media doesn't generally cover, but maybe it's a topic that every time you're at a conference or you're with colleagues, you talk about something that could be right for a press release. Okay. Um, you know, sometimes these publications ignore something for a reason. Uh, we found that out working with a client with the cybersecurity, pointing out all the holes on uh, websites like Amazon and other places wasn't well received, but I've also had it work uh, really well for an industry where the trade publications didn't talk about marketing. And so we wrote marketing press releases about how this company faces the challenges of marketing against big box home improvement stores. And that one did phenomenally well. Over 10 trade publications picked it up and ran with it. So, you know, there's lots of different ways in which you can sort of be an authority and get out there and, and tell something that's interesting. Journalists are gatekeepers. And they are deciding what's worth sharing with their audience. And if you can reverse engineer something to make it really compelling and interesting, it makes it so much easier for a journalist to say yes and turn it into an article. Are there ever situations where personal success or like feel-good stories, you know, something happened, you know, where, where I want to write about a success I had with a client or, or anything like, is that, is that newsworthy or is that those feel-good stuff or is that, is that less less likely to be picked up? It depends on the publications. So, you know, like a, a law journal or something like that, probably less so, but maybe a newspaper, even a local newspaper. I think that local media is one of the places that attorneys really should do a little legwork, find out who in, in your area writes about your industry, even if it's occasionally, get their email address and introduce yourself and share ideas for stories uh, as they naturally come. Uh, sometimes you might even be pitching something that you're see, seeing that's a trend in your industry. It would be a good story for him or her, but maybe there's no place for you in it. They will remember that so that next time you reach out to them with something a little more self-serving, they might be more receptive and using it. And it's also the reason that I think that when I read my local papers, I see the same companies and the same people being quoted 
again and again, because it's just easy if you have a relationship and you're regularly reaching out to these people, they will think of you when they're writing a story and they can plug you in. Well, that might lead to another question about relationships with reporters. If you've got a reporter that's covering a specific area of the law or a specific you know, subject, is there a way to develop a relationship with that reporter so that they do think of you and use you on a more regular basis? How would, how would someone do that? Right. So I think that you would introduce yourself and provide a pitch or a story idea. And at first, it, you know, there's not going to be a relationship. But over time, if you regularly follow up with these people by maybe praising a story that they wrote uh, or giving them a tip for maybe something that's related to the, something they wrote, saying, hey, I thought that was really interesting. You might want to tell the story from this viewpoint or share something like this and expand upon it with another article. And if you become a resource for them, they will remember you. And it makes it so much easier when you are pitching something that's a little more about you and and your firm that they'll run with it. Does it help to, like, I've done this and and I got, I got crickets, but like, if I read an article that I find is really interesting and insightful, and it's, it's in the space that I'm in, it's about lawyers growing law practices, or maybe lawyers starting their own law practices. And there's a reporter that kind of hits all that on a fairly regular basis. And I reach out just to say, hey, you know, I, I love reading your articles. They're great. Do I have to then insert, you know, here's one that you, or here's a subject or one and like have a next step for them? Or is it just, is it okay just to reach out and be complimentary? Is that a part of how you build or try to get a meeting set or a conversation started? I think that it's good to also have something else. So you're praising them, but then you're leading to something else. So it's okay. not just, you know, an accolade. You know, at the end of the day, journalists aren't stupid. So if, if you send an accolade today and then next <laughs> week, next week you send a story pitch, you know, they can put two and two together. Yeah. Might as well go ahead and combine them while acknowledging that you have seen their work and you are familiar with what they've written. A yeah. journalist like that because a lot of times they feel like they're being pitched off subject. Like this isn't exactly what I cover. But yeah. if you've read something and you know, praising it or providing a little bit of feedback on that. That shows that you've done your due diligence and you know that they would be good for what you're about to pitch. Yeah. And how does this, what you're doing, differ from a standard PR company or firm? Because I, I know that there are, you know, firms out there representing law firms, representing lawyers, and, and you know, we could say they're charging five thousand a month, ten thousand a month, fifteen thousand a month to be representing a firm and, and all the individuals around. So how are you different in what your business model is? Right. So we don't do uh, one-on-one pitching to journalists. We are just sort of a distribution platform. It does reach you know, all different industries and segments and things like that, but we're not writing and trying to develop one-on-one relationships with journalists. We just have too much volume and too many customers for that a level of service. And that you would get from a good you know, PR firm. The downside is PR firms are expensive. Yeah. And as you pointed out, they can cost a lot of money. You know, if you use a service like e-releases, you can certainly do a PR campaign of six to eight releases, whether it's over six months or or two years for, you know, under uh, three or $4,000 total. Um, But, you know, it it is a little more DIY, but we do offer writing services and we do offer education as far as, you know, giving people the tools to develop a strategy and determine what might be most newsworthy for them. And I think one of the biggest 
challenges lawyers have is time and they're putting thought into this and then writing something and getting it to you and putting it out there. It just doesn't happen. So I think knowing that you're out there, that you're a resource that's affordable and you can get the job done as it relates to getting it out the right way might be a big, you know, a big uh, aha for some people listening, realizing, you know, hey, they can. And then, you know, once you do that, then you have to relate to an article that's that just driving content, which is really important for someone building their brand, not only the news, but just having that content and being able to repurpose it on the website, social media, et cetera, it all adds up. So really, really good stuff. Uh, Mickey, you are uh, terrific. And I appreciate you coming and sharing your wisdom. You've got a game-changing book that you shared with me, The 80-20 Rule in Business by Perry Marshall. Talk talk to us about that book, why you submitted that as your, as your game-changing book. Right. So I think that we get divided in business and turned in so many different directions and told we should also be doing LinkedIn. We should also be doing Facebook groups. We should also do this. And this book really helps to have you analyze what works for you and what isn't working for you. Focus more energy on what's working and let go of the guilt and the stuff that isn't really providing or working for you. And I think that that sort of approach gives you freedom to grow and expand with things that work. Um, You're still open to new ideas, but you're vetting them. You're saying, do they work rather than just a hunch or an idea? So measure everything and really try to find what makes a big difference. You know, sometimes it might be your practice. There's maybe some things that you do that looking at it isn't very attractive from a profit standpoint and maybe also from a time standpoint. So you focus on what you're really good at and what really works for you and your business. Yeah, I think that aligns well with with a lot of what I'm helping lawyers with, which is, you know, going after the low hanging fruit, going after the stuff that's going to take the least amount of time, the least amount of effort with the greatest reward. It's not about doing everything. So I think that book is really interesting. I'm going to check that out. That's a book I haven't read, but, you know, everyone knows the 80-20 rule, yet most of us don't follow it closely enough and realize that most things fall into that into that ballywick. So Mickey, thanks so much for being on the show and sharing your wisdom. If people want to get in touch with you to utilize your services or just to learn more about e-releases, what's the best way for them to find you? Right. So e-releases.com and the lower right is all our, our social media. LinkedIn's a good way to reach me because that's one of my social medias that I actually look and pay attention to. Yeah. I have people who take care of the rest for me. We have a phone number and chat, so you'll only speak to editors, no salespeople. So we're good at holding people's hands and walking them through. And if you have an idea that you just want to brainstorm or go over with us, we're available for that. We'll even review a release if you've had something that you've worked on. Uh, I do have a free masterclass on strategies for building a good PR campaign, and it's completely free. And it's at ereleases.com forward slash plan, E-L-A-N. And again, it's completely free, less than an hour, and it will give you a good audit of your business. And are there strategic press releases you could be doing starting today? Yeah. And let's make sure we get that in the show notes. So people that want to learn more about this and actually go through a class to do this, that can be really useful for people that you know never realized that this could really work for them in a positive way and, and create content and positive content. Really good stuff, Mickey. Thank you so much. Oh, you're very welcome. And thank you, everybody, for spending some time with Mickey and I today. Hopefully, you got a couple of good takeaways. I've got my usual page of notes written down on all the things that Mickey said from how to do proper press releases and get the attention of the media 
uh, to knowing whether it's newsworthy and, and just being a contrarian. I love that. So really, really good stuff. All about helping you be that lawyer, someone who's confident, organized, and a skilled rainmaker. Be well, everybody. Be safe. Take care. We'll talk again soon. Thanks for listening to Be That Lawyer, life-changing strategies and resources for growing a successful law practice. Visit Steve's website, fretson.com, for additional information and to stay up to date on the latest legal business development and marketing trends. For more information and important links about today's episode, check out today's show notes.